Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. What's going on, everybody? Josh here. Before we get you ready for another edition of the Four Corners podcast, here this week's ad from DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors like myself, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wagers are paid out in sight. Credits restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. The 17th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is Carolina Basketball. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Michigan out of timeout. And Weber front court, Carolina thought he traveled with it. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes a timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Now gets it away to Donald Williams, down the side to Stackhouse. Stackhouse streaking in on Park, rebound. is good and he gets fouled by Park. Oh my goodness, what a dunk! Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! Belton ready on his second attempt. That one is no good! A battle for it. Loose ball. Recovered Marvin. He scores! 72, and how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion. Matthews off the mark, and this year the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. From HeelToughBlog.com, this is the Four Corners Podcast, featuring your host, Josh Marlowe. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. It is the eve of the NBA draft. We're going to preview tomorrow night's NBA draft in terms of Dayron Sharp, where he can go. His uh, He is mocked all over the place from early to late first round. Um, still people have him going in the second round, but a lot has changed for him in the last couple weeks or so. He has worked himself back into a first round draft pick discussion. But before we get to that, we start with the pod thought of the day. Before I read today's thought, do you consider yourself a good person? Uh, mildly, yeah, okay. I guess. 
Dean Smith once said, good people are happy when something good happens to someone else. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I would consider myself a good person then. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in general, when good things happen to other people, I feel I, I feel happy for them. Like, I mean, we were happy when Coach K announced his impending retirement after his farewell tour. Thrilled for him. Great job. Definitely well-deserved. We were can even you... more happy for John Shire to be named his replacement because we think Hubert Davis can hold his own against John Shire. That's a good, I, I think that's a tremendous hire. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, you were definitely going to take a step back as a program if you would have hired Jay Wright or uh, <laughs> Bill Self. I mean, it, those would have been horrific hires. Uh, congratulations, John Shire. You're going to be fantastic. Also, uh, I dude, so happy for Coach Keats every time that he lost to Carolina. Just shows that, you know, he has the mental fortitude to take all those losses and just keep going, keep powering on. What a what a great guy. Um, so there you go. That's our podcast thought of the day is a more you know simple one but it still applies to life and well Carolina basketball so NBA draft um last time we were with you guys we had a more general basketball top uh, topic with commentary alignment today is a more general basketball topic with the draft but Carolina do has does have Dayron Sharp who is the only Tar Heel expected to be drafted tomorrow night that may have changed though after video surfaced of Andrew Playtech dropping 50 points in a summer league come on man I mean don't don't you know you never know first of all and it was he was shooting the three really well Taking guys off the bounce, he even dunked one time. It was—I don't think that was Andrew Playtech out there. To I be think honest, that may have been for, uh, a clone. For, okay. I, I joke all the time, and it's now in my Twitter bio, by the way, that I'm a church basketball legend. Here we go. That's what I was doing in the church league seven, eight years ago, minus the dunk. Oh, you were the guy behind the camera filming? Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yep. Um, That's about right. But it was—it was cool to see Playtech having some success on the court. He is most likely going to be an overseas guy. Here's the only thing that I wonder about that. Like, and this is serious. Like, no, who are these guys that he was playing against? Like, are, are these like legitimate like guys that are looking to get career? Or is this like was this literally just play tech at the YMCA just throwing down on uh, on John from uh, Hickory? Or something? I, I, don't I mean, know. you know, that, that that was the only thing, man. I mean, it was great. Seeing him dunk, I, I almost fell out of my seat watching that because I, I that's uh, I didn't even know that was in his repertoire. He dunked a, at Carolina against NC State. What that that was his one career dunk? I, I mean, mean I, I remember that. I remember that dunk. You know, it was it was cool to see. And then you have those Tar Heel fans that are miserable. Why couldn't you done this one? Yeah, I was going to say, was that one of the worst things that he could have done at the same time? Because Tar Heel fans are like, this looks nothing like what he did for the Tar Heels. <laughs> he had 50 career points when he was here. This is unbelievable. That was the Andrew Playtech that Roy Williams recruited out of from upstate. New York. He, had a, he had 11 threes. Yeah. I was like, what? So, uh, but as I mentioned, Dayron Sharp is the only Tar Heel expected to be drafted tomorrow night. And look, the last time we talked about his NBA draft prospects, they weren't looking good. It was really back into the first round. He was MIA at one point, more, too. More second round uh, mocks. Remember, he left the combine. Whatever that was, nothing has still come out of that. Nothing's been you know confirmed, reported. We so, imagine tomorrow that'll be confirmed why he left the combine. So basically, the people that I have heard from inside the NBA community, the NBA draft community, have basically said that this was a promise was made to him that he would be drafted in the first round. 
pretty much that was what he wanted to accomplish. And he decided that rather than go there and hurt his stock after that, he had the promise that he wanted, and he said, ah, I'll just show what I need to in the individual workouts if I want to keep moving up some of these draft boards. And mind you, that's a big deal because, remember, NBA drafts, only two drafts, which they need to expand that. But in, for Two the, rounds, two rounds. Yeah, two rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the NBA, a first-round draft pick gets a guaranteed contract. That's why it's so important for these guys. That's why like, Tony Bradley left because he was probably promised a first-round pick. He was going to get a guaranteed contract. That's all Dayron Sharp was initially after. But he's done a lot of work in the last month or so at these workouts. A lot of good stuff with him showing some range, shooting the ball from behind the three-point line. Um, and, and that's been the biggest thing was because when we saw him in college, he didn't look natural, natural shooting the basketball from the perimeter. Um, but that appears to be worked on. It looks a lot more fluid now. And you cope that with his ability to rebound the ball naturally. Um, I made the statement, Roy Williams echoed the statement, you know, in press conferences. He's probably the most, the best natural rebounder we ever saw at Carolina. He had the ability to get position, get the ball no matter no matter what was going on. If he had two guys trying to box him out or whatever, um, you don't average almost nine rebounds off the bench if you're not good at rebounding. Um, he has the ability to defend the ball, defend really well, both individually because he's so long, but also at the times Carolina looked really good defensively as a team with rotations and stuff like that. He was also a big part of that. Um, which is why we sit here now, and his draft stock is really all over the board entering the draft. Some people have him being a potential late uh, first-round pick, m- mostly with the Charlotte Hornets. That wasn't mocked. Wait, lottery, but, yeah, lottery. Lottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I gave you five. Or, or I, I got five mocks for you. CBS Sports has him 29th with the Phoenix Suns. I'll put him with former Tar Heel uh, Cam Johnson. So really quickly on that, we at WFNZ had I cannot remember which which guy it was, but he said that his belief was that that was the team that Promise. had promised him. Well, and it so makes I a think twenty nine would probably be where I would be shocked if he goes below twenty nine. I'm going to be honest. If you watch the NBA Finals and look, Giannis was in, you know exceptional. One of the things that really hindered. Uh, Phoenix, as good as DeAndre Ayton was, was they couldn't rebound the ball. And what can Dayron Sharp do for you? Well, he can enter the game and, and off a of pure effort, rebound the ball six to eight times and let his offense come around with that. So that I think there's a natural fit there. The ringer has him going 30th to the Utah Jazz. Um, NBA Draft Net, they have him 34th to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, no part of that. No, no part of that interests me from his standpoint. Yeah. That would be a horrific uh, destination for him. So that means he'll probably be in the NBA Finals because I said that with uh, Cam Johnson. Bleacher so. Report, 27th to the Brooklyn Nets, I think, like with, with uh, Phoenix. There's a lot of – that makes a lot of sense. You can see a natural fit. They're looking to trade DeAndre Ayton anyway, um, so they could be re- leading a guy to rebound the ball and DeAndre play. DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. I'm having a bad day. <laughs> yeah, this is a rough start on the keep, pot. You just keep calling me out on it. I'm not have, calling you out. I'm backing you up with the, with the actual plays just so people know that, you, you know. And we then know ESPN 25th to the Clippers. Ooh. So a lot of possibilities. So the Clippers one I like. Because they're losing Montrezl Harrell more than likely. 
Um, I believe that if if he's is he a free agent or if not, I know there have been a lot of talks about them possibly trading him. Right. That could be a really nice spot for Dayron there. The I think the the thing we got to look at the most for him, a lot like with Cam Johnson, even with Kobe White and Nazir Little, when they all got drafted in the first round, unlike we're like, in my opinion, Cole Anthony's game was always going to transition better to the NBA than ever was in college. But a lot of the a lot of our guys, they need a lot more. They need to still be developed at the NBA level. You've seen that really good with Cam. Not so much Kobe and Nazir Little. Dayron Sharp still has a lot to be developed. And of those five teams that I just gave you where he could be mocked to, you probably trust Phoenix the most to develop him into a more all-around NBA-level player, right? I mean, yeah, but just really based on what we have seen from them you know, in recent years well, going I mean, to the NBA Finals. But you the, look at the Jazz. The Nets, like the Nets and the Clippers, those are teams that are win-now contenders. Development isn't a part of their I, immediate yeah. plans. I, I think, I don't the Clippers maybe. I, I'm, I'm looking at that as more of that's a place where he could have some sort of instant impact. Wouldn't be huge. And I mean, look, he's even if, let's say he does end up going late in the lottery, maybe even... To, uh, the, you know, the first couple of teams that got knocked out of the playoffs. He is not going to come in and be a starter day one. That's that's not the role that you should be envisioning for him. But I I, I do, you know, I think if he, if he was to get with the Clippers, I don't think it would be the worst thing. I would agree with you. I think that the Suns and the Jazz are the better opportunities for him. The Jazz, I think there's going to be natural hesitancy because, well, they drafted Tony Bradley, and Tony Bradley was kind of just pushed to the back burner, and they never really developed him. Now, I think they're in a little bit of a different position now because I don't know that they have a a, a, a backup, a sure backup to Rudy Gobert. They don't. Um, also with, with Sharp, you got to remember, he's young. Gobert is, I mean, he's not getting up there in age, but he's, you would imagine that he is one of those guys that could be looking at next contract. How can I, how can I move on if this does not work with Utah? But that's another place where you talk about where they've developed talent. I mean, look, Donovan Mitchell was probably heavily underrated coming out of college. We probably should have looked at him in a different light. They've developed him into not only a good player, one of the league's stars. Yeah, he's a superstar in the NBA. And then you've got Rudy Gobert, who I think we thought, you know, look, this guy can be a good defender. He's become a very complete player there as well. They've done a great job of, of evaluating and developing talent. So I think both of those spots would be really great landing spots for him. I want I'm with you. I want no part of Brooklyn for him. I don't think that makes any sense. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know how much playing time he would honestly get with the with the veterans that they are loading up on to try to get this championship as soon as they possibly can. And the Pelicans, that I mean, no. There, there's nothing attractive about that situation at all. I mean, for crying out the day of with the comments that Zion made earlier this year, that team may not even be in New Orleans for that much longer. Like, you don't want that. And he may not be in New Orleans. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I I think the thing we got to address is the lottery rumors. And I think the team that's been rumored the most in the lottery makes a lot of sense, that being the Charlotte Hornets. 
But with that becomes the hesitancy because of MJ's reputation of drafting Carolina guys that didn't work out in Charlotte. And the whole idea that he just drafts Carolina guys was at one point a legitimate narrative because that's what he was doing and it wasn't working. And now it wouldn't it would it only fuel the fire with Mitch Kupchak running the Hornets, course, former Tar Heel, played under Dean Smith as well. But he fits a lot of what the Hornets need and us living in the Charlotte market, the resurgence this last year with LaMelo Ball really making them a lot more watchable made it more easy to tune into their games. And the one thing they lacked was rebounding. They lacked being able to defend. Rim protector. Yeah, they lacked being able to defend any of the five positions, but let, uh, let alone the paint, as you mentioned, the rim protector. So I think like that's a legitimate discussion, but with that comes a lot of potential drawbacks and a lot of negativity because of the – the, the pass with the Hornets and the Tar Heels. I mean, look, you can see the reasons why they would make that move, though. Now, here's the thing. If they make that move and they do not pair that with a veteran big man, then there are going to be people that are going to be saying, okay, what is going on here? Is this just a pick because you're a former Tar Heel and Mitch is a former Tar Heel? I think the I think the fit makes a lot more sense than some people realize. I got into this argument earlier today on WFNZ in Charlotte. Um, I think he fits exactly what the Hornets need. I think the the hesitancy on him is what is his upside offensively? Where what what exactly is it? Because I don't think anybody really knows. But as a defender. And a rebounder, he fits exactly what Charlotte needs. He's a guy that, no doubt, day one comes in. He is going to clean the glass. He is going to, uh, he's going to. Uh, I mean, he'll be able to protect the rim. I mean, I, I would say definitely better, I think, than Kai Jones, who is another guy they're talking about in this class. Probably not at the same level as Isaiah Jackson, but I think who comes out of Kentucky, but I think that he's got more offensive upside than Isaiah Jackson. So that's the thing about him. I think the thing that doesn't get the most uh, attention because it's not sexy to talk about, and I mentioned this all during the season, his ability to pass as a big man, whether it's from the high-low, out of a double team, has a lot of value at the NBA level, more so than college, because you can. he has the ability to put the ball in the shooter's pockets and catch and shoot. What does the Hornets do as good as any team in the Eastern Conference? They like to take and make three-pointers, but it, it, it's a lot harder to do that when Cody Zeller, Bismarck Biyombo aren't making on-point passes. He can make those on-point passes while being – Double teamed or any or something like that. Well, this is the reason he might not end up there, though, because you're 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 right. They are a team that when they are at their best, they are knocking down outside shots. Here's the only problem: they don't have any great consistent shooters. I mean, Terry Rozier was that at a time last year, but as they came down the stretch, he faded a bit. That's not really Gordon Hayward's game either, and none of the guys off the bench are dead eye shooters. So in that range in the draft, if they were to stay at eleven which there have been some rumors that they could trade back with the with the Thunder, which, Jesus Christ, can the Thunder please trade some of these picks? They've got like 40 of them over the next, the next seven years. That's unbelievable. So you know they're going to do something. Or the Knicks, if they do that, then I think you can justify taking Dayron Sharp even more because both of those teams that uh, we mentioned there would be bunching up dual first-round picks 
to move up into that slot. At 11, if you have a guy like Corey Kispert who's on the board, who would give them that that three-point threat, that consistent knockdown shooter, uh, even a guy, I mean, they, they've been looking for 3 and D guys too. Even a guy like Moses Moody is one that they've talked a lot about. How do they weigh that? With Dayron Sharp, I, I like Dayron's upside. I do too, but I don't know if they're looking at him as a guy that they value in the draft because they're going to be looking for a veteran big man in free agency over a knockdown shooter or even a three and D guy. I wonder how much the lack of pick and roll offense that Carolina ran under Roy Williams really affects. And really has downplayed why our guys haven't translated to the NBA level like you would expect them to. The NBA, if you watch it, whether you're just a casual watcher or an NBA junkie, it's a pick-and-roll league. Um, the, the, oh, no doubt. Chris no doubt. Paul took the Suns to the finals off of dissecting a pick, uh, the defense off a of pick-and-roll. Carolina, for as great as they were offensively under Roy Williams, and I don't want this to sound like I'm taking a shot at what we did under him, there wasn't a lot of pick and roll in the offense. I mean, you're right now, yeah. But there didn't have no to be. No one should think that's a shot. That's uh, truth. And so I wonder how much that affects him because if we never, you never saw him in pick and roll situations. You put him in pick and roll with Charlotte, and he's lo- and getting getting lob dunks from Lamelo Ball for the next five to six years. You're more willing. Okay, you can see that. And so I wonder how much that plays a part into this is the fact that Carolina, for the last 18 years, wasn't running a pro system where now the assumption is they're going to be doing more NBA type of stuff in the college game. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think I, I think that's that's part of it. The the one the other thing that I'm a little concerned about with him, because we didn't see it a lot this year, is how good does he run the floor? Because when Charlotte was fully healthy, they were the fastest paced team in the NBA and we're not talking about a slow NBA league. No, this was the fastest team statistically in the history of the league before all the injuries set yeah. into them last year. They want to get the ball and go. Can he fit in that style of offense? I know he's lost 25 pounds. He's been working. He looks like a completely different player. I get that. But is he going to be a guy that fits exactly what Charlotte wants to do? If he's not, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. And I'm going to tell you what. I think he, if, let's say everything stays the way it is, if the Knicks stay where they're at, I think he'd be a great pick for the Knicks because more than likely you are losing Nerlens Noel. This is a guy that can do a lot of things similar to what Nerlens Noel did for you, and he's got, I think, much more offensive potential than Nerlens Noel did. No offense to Nerlens Noel, big part of what the Knicks were a year ago, but Dayron Sharp has uh, he's there is an offensive game there. It's just whether or not his style right now, which is he's going to bully you inside, is going to fit the system that he lands in. I, I I do think for him, it's either you know he's going to get drafted by a team that is contending, but they need a rebounder and a defender. So so you know not but like not So every team in the NBA But like much? but like that that's not Brooklyn, that's not the Clippers or a team that's still building and developing. Now they may have been a playoff team this past year like the Knicks, like the Hornets. Um I'm going to tell you another one. Uh don't sleep on the Atlanta Hawks because it does not look like John Collins is going to be coming back there. They can't afford him. And so, I, and I feel like 
his, for especially the early part of his career, his best player comp is what Clint Capella was in Houston, a guy that essentially entered the game, played good defense, rebounded the ball, and what he gave you offensively at that time was a bonus. Now he's a much more polished offensive player. But, I mean, that could be – I mean, I know early in the year I said that he could be a Draymond Green. I think that was a little exaggerated. I think Clint Capella is probably his ceiling as a player, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, Clint Capella is a heck of a player. He, at times, was probably the second-best player on that on that Hawks team this past year. Um, and, yeah, they're one of those teams that have to just kind of make cap decisions because their guys all played way too well to not get paid. Yep. So they've got to make some of those decisions. How do you then replace those guys? What's, an, what's another thing that they've done very well? They've developed guys very well. John Collins was a good player coming out of college. I don't think anybody thought he was going to be the guy that he is now. You look at other guys like Kevin Herter, not a guy that I think anybody really thought was going to be this great NBA player. He was a big part of what they did in the playoffs. This team knows how to develop guys. So if he get if he lands in Atlanta, I, I wouldn't think that was necessarily a bad thing. This is the this is the good part about this now, though. We're talking about him in the first round, and I think there's a multitude of destinations that he could go to and teams that I think would be interested in him at this point and I'm, I'm telling you like you may say well most of these mock drafts have him pretty far down in the first round the fact that Charlotte hosted him as late as they did and they hosted him individually with nobody else that's pretty telling I, I think it is telling I, I know Mitch Kupchak said in his pre-draft pr- uh, presser even before Dayron came in yesterday he said look that has not that's more about scheduling that's more about COVID protocol what whatever it's no it's a smokescreen. It's no coincidence that the guys that have gotten these individual workouts have been him, Jalen Johnson, Kai Jones, guys that you are talking about consistently with the Hornets possibly drafting. So I think he, he's going to be in play there. And then even if he falls, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think a team like the Knicks, who we haven't been talking about, or some of these national people haven't been talking about, are going to be in play too. It's really hard to pinpoint which team he'll be selected by. So we'll, I'll ask you this. True or false, De'Aaron Sharp's a lottery pick in tomorrow night's NBA draft? I would go, man, I would go with false. So would I. Just because I have heard... I think a I, lot of other stuff around the Hornets. I think Charlotte's too. trading back. I think and, that's. I think that's definitely. But I possible. do. I do believe that's the team he will wind up in. Is with Charlotte. But really? I don't think it will be at eleven. I do think hmm. our Knicks are going to try to trade up. The Thunder will try to trade up. Charlotte's in a position where trading back isn't going to kill them like it has in years past. And oh I, no, no, so, no! They're in a good position where they can trade back, and if they could collect two picks and get a a shooter. And big man help that I, I think that'd be the best possible option for the Hornets. To so be honest, all right. So with that, here are some just general NBA draft facts regarding the Tar Heels. Um, Carolina has had 117 players drafted in the NBA draft. That is most in the NCAA or most in the ACC. Excuse me. They've had 53 first round picks. That's second in the NCAA. That's kind of tapered this down these last couple years. They've had 18 lottery picks. I don't have this on this rundown. It's just going to be it's kind of general discussion that just I just brought up a few minutes ago. Dude, look do, at this. Do you think because because I I think the answer to this question is yes. Yeah. Do you think that under Hubert Davis, Carolina is going to put more NBA or more, put more players in the NBA? 
as opposed to overseas guys because Roy Williams, look, a lot of success in the last 18 years, three national titles, five Final Fours, you won the ACC half the time you were in the league, but our guys translated better over to the overseas game as opposed to the NBA. It feels like with the staff Hubert Davis has put together in Chapel Hill, this is a staff that's going to help develop guys more and get them ready for the next level. Well, to answer your question first, yes, I, I think that the system that he's going to run, and like you mentioned, the staff, primarily Pat Sullivan, I think, is really going to help a lot of these guys to sort of get themselves NBA ready. Even if there are some things that they have to do during the season that you might not necessarily have to do at the NBA level to win, when it comes to preparing for the NBA draft, he knows exactly what teams are looking for at that next level. So I, I think they will definitely have an advantage there. I think the when it comes to Roy Williams, I, I know, look, some of the situations that the guys have gotten have been terrible. Like Tyler Hansborough, I, I think there could have been some sort of NBA career there in Indiana. He just got stuck in a situation where he never really got much of a chance there. Um, and then, I mean, you have, like, look, Ty Lawson was a guy that looked like he was having a pretty solid career, and then things go wrong off the court. So there's been different situations that have led to some of these guys not being successful. But you're right, especially in past years, you know, guys like, Marcus Page and Joel Berry, Luke you know, May. His, I mean, great careers at Carolina, but it just hasn't translated over to the NBA level. I think under Hubert Davis, I think, yeah, you're definitely going to see it. It doesn't hurt that Hubert Davis is also, even though he is going to want to find some of these guys that fit the three or four year mold, he is still going to go get some of these big names. He's already doing that. Yeah. But I, I think the fact that he is as good of a recruiter as he is is also going to help here. But, yeah, I, I definitely think that Carolina is going to have some significant draft uh, capital, I guess, is what you would what you would go with, over the next couple of years. I think there will be some big names that will be in there over the next few years Carolina. A couple of few notes before we do get you out of here. You want to go to Las Vegas? We can because tickets for the CBS Sports Classic – against UCLA are officially on sale. Look, the CBS Sports Classic has been around for seven to eight years from now, or years now. When Carolina and UCLA match up, that'll be one of the most anticipated matchups of the whole entire event, with UCLA being a national title contender in the preseason. And by the time Carolina plays them, we're going to know a good, a good bit about these Tar Heels. They've already played Purdue, mm -hmm. either Nova or Tennessee. They will have played Michigan. So we're going to know if this team is ready to compete or not. Um, so tickets for that are on sale. And lastly, uh, Dawson Garcia, the newest Tar Heel who transferred in from Marquette. He has joined Armando Baycott as a part of the Jimmy's Famous Seafood family Garcia taking the advantage of being able to profit of his name, image, and likeness. They made a jersey for Armando Baycott that sold out in a matter of days. Imagine they'll do the same thing for the newest Tar Heel, Dawson Garcia. Were you one of the ones that went out and purchased no. said jersey? That was that was not me. You uh, you have been dipping into the wallet quite a bit here, though, on the uh, Tar Heel front. I did. Though, I so. bought a new polo. 
that I wore the other day than we recorded. I've wore, yeah, that was fresh, man. That was got, fresh. Got a new shirt, which I'm wearing to, on today's recording. Got some other shirts from Breaking Tea. I, and I even tweeted this out. I got a week's worth of Tar Heel shirts from Breaking Tea. So Tar Heel fans, go there. They got good basketball shirts. They got some good football shirts as well for the Tar Heels. Um, I got a week's worth of wardrobes from that from that one site. So, so here's the thing. Do you or do you not have more T-shirts than number of players that the Tar Heels have had drafted in the NBA. I think 117 hmm. may be close to your wardrobe, as as well as it's, mine. It's up there. Um, so there you go, guys. That is that is this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are going to go ahead and wrap it up. Before we let you go, get you guys to the website, HeelToughBlog.com, where we will have you covered on all the draft news that come out from Dayron Sharp, where he gets drafted, um, and, and looking at his NBA future. And if anything happens with Andrew Playtech or Sterling Manley, who's also chasing a pro career, we will have you covered. He may – he I don't know – if he's going to get drafted. I think he'll get a summer workout. I do think he will be in the summer league. I really do because he he has looked – he looks really good. You he talk lo- about a guy that's gotten himself back into shape and the, the knee looks really healthy. It, it's great to see him – doing some of the things he definitely doing. looks explosive once again like he did his freshman year at Carolina before the knee injuries really took a toll on his Tar Heel career so we'll have you covered on the basketball side of things and the football side of things we're getting you ready for the upcoming season with position previews both on the blog and the podcast format we also got some recruiting news that'll be up on the site as well so go to the website heeltoughblog.com for all your latest Carolina basketball and Tar Heel football news and nuggets and last we do encourage you guys to rate review and subscribe to the podcast find us on every major podcast podcasting platform most notably megaphone speaker itunes iHeartRadio, spotify tune in google Podcasts. give us a like review me as the host review anthony as the co-host we want you guys to subscribe that way you get every podcast right there in your podcast library let's wrap up this edition of the four corners podcast with anthony for hosting I want to thank you guys for listening and as always go tar heels The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.